episode of the Mindful Self-Care Podcast. I am your host, Chelsea, and today I am going to be joined by the lovely Anna Hollowell. Anna is a wife, stepmom, beauty entrepreneur, and business coach, mental health advocate, ADHD thriver, and secretary of a nonprofit. As a busy and multi-passionate woman, she must prioritize self-care like a boss. And Anna is a boss. She is going to share how she went from being very, very burnt out, always going, 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 trying to do all things at once to learning what self-care meant for her specifically. So you're going to hear about what self-care means to Anna. You're going to hear about her pockets of peace and being a human being before anything else. It is a great conversation that really, I think, is going to resonate with you multi-passionate people. Anna also is going to give you some tips and tricks of how she helps manage all of those different areas of her life so that they all work without uh, getting herself overwhelmed. It's an awesome episode. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Anna. Thanks for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. How are you doing today? Good. I'm good. I'm doing good. Good, good, good. Well, Anna, will you start off by telling your, our lovely listeners a little bit about who you are and what self-care means to you? Yes, of course. There's a lot to unpack here, so buckle up. <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, so I'm Anna. I am a business owner. I'm an esthetician, spray tan artist, business mentor, I'm the secretary of a nonprofit. I'm a mom, a bonus mom, stepmom, and a wife, a new wife, and probably something else that I'm forgetting. I, I you have a lot those. of roles. You have a lot of roles. <laughs> well, yes, I yes. do have a lot of roles. So primarily, my focus overall is my spray tanning business called Glow Gals here in Wichita, Kansas. The best spray tans around. And I truly mean that because Anna's given me many, many spray tans. Yes. She is my go-to spray tan person. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You've seen me basically naked. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, So yeah, that's what I do. And um, as far as what self-care means to me, Self-care to me is a necessity and it's so easy to kind of forget about that, especially as someone who is multi-passionate and busy, um, busy AF, (laughs) but you know, at the end of the day, it really is a necessity. It's something that we have to, um, focus on because we can't be the best version of ourselves. I can't be the best business owner. I can't be the best mom, wife, whatever, if I don't fill my own cup first. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what self-care means to me is that I have to do it whether I want to or make time for it or not. Because if I don't do it, um, I'm just not the person I want to be. I love it. Thank you for saying what I what I tell people all the time because sometimes it's nice to hear it from other people, and because you do have to take care of yourself in order to have the energy to show up as your best self. And knowing that you are very busy, you have lots of stuff going on in your life. 
I kind of want to ask you what self-care looks like for you on the times when you're like, I have my life under control. Things are good. They're quote unquote normal, which I don't really know how often that happens, but like on the best case scenario situations of life, what does self-care look like then? And then on the flip side of that, when life is hectic as fuck and you have all the things going on, all the roles that you're having to fill, what does self-care look like on that side of the spectrum? I love that question. Okay. So for me, for me, self-care, whether I'm busy or not, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's quiet because I feel like everything in my life is so loud. I'm always connected to my phone or I'm always like checking my emails. I'm always listening to a podcast or personal development, which Although it is great, that is not self-care to me. If I'm listening Mm -hmm. to a podcast, it's to learn something. Um, And so for me, when I really like reel myself in and say, I need to focus on some self-care, I have to shut off all the noise, not drown it out, not have distractions. And again, like you said, when you're really busy and hectic, it's hard Mm -hmm. to do that. And so for me, I feel like self-care is like a boundary that you have to set with Mm -hmm. yourself. Like you have to, at some point be like, okay, I've got to turn the noise off. (laughs) Like, because especially for me, I'm ADHD too. So Mm -hmm. I have like a million thoughts going through my brain. And even when I like decompress and go to bed and turn the noise off, my mind is going to (laughs) wander. Like I'm going Mm -hmm. to go different places. And so for me, self-care is like being able to set that boundary and say, I need to turn my brain off. And like, if my husband is watching a sporting event or playing video games or something like even that is overstimulating to me. So I need to excuse myself from all the distractions find peace and quiet. And then, you know, whether that may be turning my phone off and I have an Apple watch. So again, if I, if it goes off, like it, uh, you know, vibrates, then I'm distracted again. So really at the core of it, like if I'm going to be serious about my self-care, the the watch has got to come off, the phone has got to go off or in the other room and I step outside or whatever the case may be. Um, but, and you know, of course we all love our, like taking a bath, drinking Mm -hmm. wine, face mask, but that's, it's self care, but it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like that's just, I call it like a piece of the self care pie. Like it's like, Yeah. yeah, it can make you feel better and it's great. And maybe it does recharge you, but that might only work in certain situations. Right. Or be accessible in certain situations. Exactly. Like we can't always, you know, I could have a really busy, stressful day and come home and be like, yeah, I'm going to take a nice long hot bath and listen to music, light a candle, you know, Mm -hmm. turn like that's all going to be fine and dandy. But the real self-care is when you when you can't do that (laughs) and you still have to, like I said, set a boundary and be like, I need to. And it, it could be in a. Like if, if I am in this very busy season of my life or whatever, mm-hmm. like it could be as simple as going outside for two minutes, 
Mm-hmm. Or like, um, and to me, self-care is, I know I said, you know, taking care of me first and mm-hmm. it's thinking before I speak <laughs> because the way you react to what's happening, if you're really busy and overstimulated, that could, you know, affect your relationships that could affect the decisions that you make in your business. So really it's becoming Mm self-aware. I would say, I I feel like self-awareness is the core of self-care because you have to become aware of when you're getting overstimulated, when you're needing a break and go drop whatever you're doing to be able to go get those two minutes, breathe, come back into reality, tell yourself it's all going to be okay. Um, and so like what, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's not always going to look like face masks and baths and quiet music and all the Instagrammy self-care things. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's dirty. Sometimes it's, you know, I cannot talk to you right now because I am overstimulated and I need to go self-care and like, not that you would say that in a situation, like I need to go self-care, but it's just being aware. Maybe we should start saying that more often. Of like, hey, okay, there's a lot going on here and I just need a timeout. I need to take care of myself so I can come back to the situation and actually be productive or contribute or whatever it is, but actually be like, okay, yeah, here we are. I am fully here. I'm not about to like lose my shit on all of you. Yes. I feel like self-care is a timeout for me. Like that's the perfect word is a timeout. That is what I do for self-care is like little timeouts throughout my day. If I'm having a busy day at work, I force myself to schedule in a lunch break and that's my self-care. And it's me getting away from the situation and coming back because again, I'm not going to perform at my best if I'm not Mm. taking those timeouts throughout the day for me. I really liked how you were mentioning that it also has a lot to do with quiet. Uh, cause I also like to kind of take those like timeouts during days. Um, I find that like, I'm like, Oh, I want to listen to a podcast, but I am very, very picky about what that podcast or even sometimes audiobooks are. It has to be something that is like fluff or truly for entertainment. Like right. I am a Harry Potter nerd. So sometimes my like lunch break timeout for me, looks like I'm going to listen to a Harry Potter podcast. Uh, but the, again, that doesn't always work. Like listening to something doesn't always work. And so I like that you're sharing that for you, it, that timeout involves some sort of quiet. Right. Because for me, like, I mean, I obviously like have hobbies and things I enjoy yeah. and things that aren't work, but I'm so just the type of person I am, I'm always wanting to, you know, improve. And we live Mm -hmm. in a society where you feel like you always want to be doing and getting better and doing all the things. And that's great to an extent, but I found myself last year in that, in that cycle. And I was on my lunch break at my day job outside of running my business. I have a day job. So Mm -hmm. I would, on my lunch break, I would send emails. I would uh, listen to podcasts. I would, and again, my podcasts are like personal development things. I want to like really absorb. Um, or like when clubhouse was popular, I would, which maybe it still is, but I had to delete. I I don't, I have, I haven't tried. I got on it and I I don't know either. It was too much for me too. (laughs) 
so overstimulating. Like, mm-hmm. and so I found myself like feeling like I needed to do more in my in my breaks. And then obviously what happened was I got burnt out. I was always overstimulated. I came home, my brain was exhausted. I couldn't communicate with my partner. Like I you know, didn't want to cook dinner. I didn't want to do the things that felt good, go outside, go for walks, because I was so like literally by the end of the day, just exhausted. Like I didn't want to talk. I just wanted to sit in quiet and I was craving that. And then that's when I realized that like, I need to get this quiet in throughout the day because I don't want to I don't want to come home and have a quiet evening. Like I want to be able to, you know, talk to my family, have fun with my family if that's the time we get together. So it was really kind of identifying what I needed and again, setting that boundary and setting that system in place where I had little pockets of quiet throughout the day so that when I got home, I could have the energy to cook and clean and, um, you know, go for walks and, like laugh with my partner and have fun because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how busy you are. Like life is not about work. Like you are not, uh, you're not an entrepreneur first. You're a mom first, you're a wife first, you're a person first, you're a friend first. Like, and we really, I feel like have to, our society has got to get back to being human first mm-hmm. and realizing that like, you know, we need those pockets of peace, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's hugging your family, watching a funny movie, listening to a Harry Potter podcast, like yeah. whatever it is, we have to have those little pockets of peace throughout our day because whatever we're doing in this like rush hustle culture is just not working anymore. And I realized that last year. And so that's why I'm so excited to be here and be able to tell you guys that like you're human first and your self care matters. It is so important. There's two phrases I want to pull out that I think are just really great. They're just little golden nuggets. And one is you're human first. I think realizing that yeah, your job might feel really, really important, but like most of the time you're replaceable at your job. Like you just are, somebody else could do it. Even if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur like us and you're like, but I'm the only one in my business, honey, you could hire a virtual assistant tomorrow that could do probably 99% of what you're doing right now. Yeah, just It's a fact of life. When it comes to work roles, we're often very, very, very replaceable. And so, yeah, what is going to be there outside of your job? Um, and then the other golden nugget that I really liked was your pockets of peace. Because it's not about like, oh, I'm going to slug through this week and then I'm going to have the weekend or I'm going to slug through my work day and then I'll go home tonight and then I'll take care of myself. It's setting yourself up to have those moments throughout the day. So you're staying recharged and you're staying feeling your best. And I think those are two concepts I just want to highlight that I think were really, really great. And I hope people are listening to this being like, you're right. I am more than a cog in my work machine. And one thing I, I kind of goes along with the, um, you're a person, uh, your, your person first is within your bio. So many times when I interview and work with people that like yourself are multi-passionate, you've a lot going on, their bio is all about like what they've done. If they've been featured someplace, like what work they do. I mean, yours includes on it that you are a mom, 
that you are a wife, like you include those personal aspects. And I think that's, that's just really, that's really important, really refreshing that more of us should do that because those roles are really, really important and are part of who you are. Yes, I totally agree. And like you said, like this should become a daily habit. First of all, like, you know, pockets of peace throughout the day versus because the longer which I did this for years. So that's how I know this. The longer you just live for the weekend, like the more burnout you're going to get, like it's no way to live. We are so fortunate to wake up every day and live an amazing life every single day. And it's so easy to get caught up in the monotony of it, but living for the weekend is just not it (laughs) to be honest. And, um, burnout is going to happen that way. But, um, gosh, you said something else. Um, oh yeah. Just about like being human first. I think it's so like interesting that you say like, Oh, I like that you have it in your bio Mm -hmm. because a year ago I wouldn't have, have I wouldn't have said that I wouldn't have done that. And I'm really, you know, over the past year, I'm really uncovering you know, everything that I'm sharing with you guys today, I just recently have learned about myself basically is so I'm always evolving and I'm in this season of my life now where slowing down, being quiet, being mindful of self-care, all these things, spending more time with my family versus focusing on work all the time, um, turning off my phone at 8 PM, like putting it away. These are all things that a year ago, me wouldn't have done. (laughs) And, um, that's why I found myself in a really hard situation last summer. Like I pretty much got to rock bottom and I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. And I don't want that to happen to you guys who are listening. Well, I think it's, uh, it's really great that you shared that because I think we also need to remember that we can change just because you are like, Oh, I'm working 60 hours a week or 80 hours, whatever it is. Like, congratulations. I guess you get the gold star, but like, you can change. You can set boundaries. Like as you were mentioning a lot that you've had to set those boundaries in order to create those pockets of peace. It is possible. And you're an example and proof that when you switch your priority from being go, 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 do all the things all the time to figuring out what's actually important to you, spending time with your family, having the energy in the evening to come home and still have the capacity to be with them. You can make those changes to make that happen. I think people need to know that. And ultimately, it's not just for you either. Like, it's for all of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. For me, I have to set these boundaries and do self-care because if I'm so focused on my business all the time, I am not a productive like worker at my job. If I'm focused on my job in the evening, what I did get done, what I didn't get done, then I'm not focused on my family. So you really have to set those boundaries, especially as someone who is multi-passionate or have your, you know, hands dipped in a bunch of different buckets. Like you have to be able to create a boundary and separate them because especially like say, you know, my nonprofit work, I can't bring Mm -hmm. glow gals into it. I can't bring the stress of my business into helping other people with their mental health, which is what our nonprofit Blooming Magnolia does, which by the way, you have come on and shared um, some amazing exercises with us for Blooming Magnolia. So I appreciate that. Um, If you're so consumed with everything going on, like you're going to 
spill it over into other like areas of your life. And that's not good either. (laughs) I really like how you have kind of put that focus into it. It's not just boundaries between like work life and home life or like allowing creating boundaries to create time for those pockets of peace that self care. It's also the boundaries between the different things that you're involved in. And I think that's a really, that's a really good reminder because I think it's becoming more and more common for people to not only have like their family and their friends and their job, but they have like a side hustle or they are on a board of a nonprofit or you've got like a volunteer thing that you're really passionate about. And so we are becoming more and more involved in different areas of our lives and in being able to separate those things out. I think is really important. So I'm glad that you put those boundaries in those spots and kind of have shared that with us. Yes. And speaking of boundaries, I would like you to maybe speak a little bit about when it comes to setting boundaries, some of the challenges that maybe come up or that you've experienced as over the past year or so you've set more boundaries, what challenges come up and then how do you face those? So I know there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'm trying to set a boundary. I'm trying to like turn off my phone or, or not talk to this person as much or just create these pockets of space to do other things. And then it's not as easy as it sounds. Like it's really easy to be like, I am going to take a lunch break every day at this time. And then life happens. So what what did you learn about setting boundaries? That is a good question. And I think, you know, we all have to figure it out kind of on our own. And for me, I kind of got to that ultimate like spot of burnout. And I don't want that to happen to other people. But at some point, you really have to. It's just like making New Year's resolutions, right? Like you have to be committed to the boundary. Like you can't just yeah. say, oh. I'm going to lose weight this year and then not eat healthy and not go to the gym or not buy the healthy groceries or not, you know, like you have to at some point take responsibility for your life and like commit to it first, I think is the first step is like not just saying I'm going to set a boundary, but committing to it and then figuring out what that looks like to you and how you can uphold that boundary. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of creating that system or strategy in like, even in your own head is like figuring out like, okay, so when this obstacle comes up, what am I going to do? Um, and for me, again, it was like, you know, oh, I'm going to turn my phone off at 8 PM, but I want it. And I would keep scrolling or, or like my husband would be on his phone. So I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to be on my phone. <laughs> and like, um, you really just have to, just find a way to commit to it and also figure out what you're going to do when those obstacles come up. Um, and then I think the other like biggest struggle with like setting a boundary is letting other people understand that you're setting that boundary when for so long they have not seen you set a boundary. So family, friends, like coworkers, like it can be really hard because all of a sudden you're like, I'm setting this boundary and they're going to be like, why are you being so rude? Or why are you being like this? And then we feel guilty. And then we Mm -hmm. like say, okay, maybe I shouldn't have set that boundary. And so it's coming off. Like, I feel like we have to be respectful of others when we're setting our boundaries and explain Mm -hmm. it versus just kind of I feel like the word boundary kind of feels like we're just shutting off Mm -hmm. and 
it doesn't need to be like that. You need to communicate your boundaries so that people understand it and understand where you're coming from and why you're doing it. Because if you don't give someone a heads up about a boundary that you're setting, they can't help you uphold it or they can't, they won't understand why you're acting the way you are. So being willing to first commit to the boundary and then second, communicate the boundary. Those are some fantastic tips. Cause yeah, if you're into the boundary, you have to like stick to it. Cause if you set a boundary and then you just kind of wimp out on it for whatever reason, no, you and yourself and anybody else, no one's taking you seriously. It's, yes. it's, it kind of loses the weight. And I really like the idea of communicating it to others. And while you were talking about that, I thought about this is a kind of work example from my life, but I've been teaching group fitness classes for like 10 years now. And part of teaching group fitness classes is that you need subs sometimes and other people need subs sometimes. And so I kind of, for so many years was like, yeah, I'm going to help out whenever I can. Like I'm a helper. I want people to help me when I need subs. So I'm just going to help whenever I can. And there became a time, I'm not exactly sure when, but maybe the past few years, I just realized that just because I am available on my calendar doesn't mean that I'm available to sub a class. And so I kind of had to set a boundary and I, I ended up having to kind of to share this with some people that I work with of, hey, I work long hours Tuesdays and Thursdays when I'm teaching. The idea of going and teaching more on Wednesdays and Fridays makes me want to cry and hate my life a lot. So it doesn't mean that if nobody else can can sub that I won't do it if I need to, if I'm the only one that, that has space in their calendar. Yeah, I can, I can do it from time to time. But I'm going to be like the last person that's going to pick something up. And that's a boundary just of, hey, I am not going to be my best self if I have to come in. So let's try to minimize this as much as humanly possible. But that, yes. that communication piece really makes a big difference. because Otherwise, people are like, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you helping out? Why, yeah. why, why are you not available at this time? I also, I keep my phone on Do Not Disturb like literally all the time. <laughs> nobody can get a hold of me, but I do that because I don't like to be distracted if I'm not in the mood to talk. And so I just have told people, I'm like, my phone's on do not disturb. Like you, you can call me, but you better leave me a message. If you actually need me to talk to you or send right. me a text message, even if the text message is, Hey, I need you to talk. I need to talk to this with you. Can you, can you give me a call? Right. Exactly. And I like, with setting boundaries around like your time and picking up extra stuff as a business owner, I used to take any spray tan appointment yep. anyone would book at any time. Like, and sometimes when you're starting out a new business that's appointment based, sometimes you have to do that and it sucks. But right. there does become a point in time when you're like, okay, I have a big enough clientele that you can start picking when you actually want to work. Right. Exactly. And when you do get to that point, which I don't like going back, I would do the same thing again, starting mm -hmm. over, but it gets to a point where you have to be like, okay, I have to have some self-respect for my, you know, and still sometimes I'll take appointments outside my business hours if it's special mm -hmm. occasions. But for the most part, I've gotten really good about being like, no, I'm closed on Mondays, like book on my website, like you're supposed to versus like DMing me. And so it really, as an entrepreneur, setting those boundaries around your time and like self-respect around your time, mm -hmm. um, 
is really important because it can be, again, so easy to just get caught up in, like, I got to do this. I got to take this client. I got to take this call. I got to teach this class. And, you know, ask yourself, like, what happens if I don't? I lose out on $50. Okay. Do I need that $50? Then you kind of weigh your options, you know? I think that's great. And it goes back to kind of committing to those boundaries. Since I know when I, I made the decision, like I only teach Pilates again, generally, sometimes I do stuff outside of this, but I teach Mondays for like half a day. I have really long days, Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I don't teach outside of those hours. And I had a client that wanted to come in on, I think on a Wednesday or Friday. And the first time I was like, nope, I am not available that day. But if you really want to come in, I can see if another instructor can, can come in. The response I got was, oh, you, you don't work full time. I think part of this is that, again, our society is really, really trained that 40 hours a week is full time and eight to five is full time Monday through Friday. And I would really love to have a conversation with whatever asshole made that the rule because that's just crap. But I know part of me was I had to commit to that boundary before I had this conversation with this client because I had to be like, I'm like, I don't teach full time. So I taught Pilates for 40 hours a week. I would hate my life. It's just too much for me. Like I found my boundary is 20 to 25 hours outside of that. It doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily working or doing other things. I'm just not teaching actively because that's enough and you have to stick to that. And then I think also if you are someone who is interacting with especially service providers and they're not available at the time that you want do not hold it against them. Like just check yourself a little bit of, do you want to be available every single night of the week, every single weekend and every single hour of the day forever? You probably don't. So give your service providers a little bit of flexibility. I know in my experience, I feel like this is just turning into like a mini like public service announcement. If you are nice to your service providers, they might, if you really need it, go outside of their boundaries to help you out. (laughs) Right. No, exactly. That made me think of like, okay, in the beauty industry, there's this post that went viral about like this client of a hairstylist texted someone, Hey, are you available or something? And they said, no. And then this client saw them at Buffalo Wild Wings or something. I think I saw this. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, well, I saw you out. So like, why aren't you working or just, you know, it was something totally rude, totally absurd. I honestly thought it was fake because I was like, are people really this rude? You know, I think some people are. Yeah, like we have, let's go back to what I said about we're human first. We Mm -hmm. have priorities. We have business hours for a reason. And especially in the beauty industry um, or like wellness too, Mm -hmm. gyms, massage therapists, like the hours are different because we have to help people outside of their business hours, outside of their eight to five. Mm -hmm. So being mindful of like, if people have business hours or business policies or whatever the case may be, there's a reason. And like just respecting that. I think if we all kind of come out of this sense of entitlement, (laughs) feeling like we, we can get what we want anytime, like the whole society as a whole will be a lot better. (laughs) And it goes back. I mean, it's a version of self-care for each individual setting those business hours. They're setting their boundaries of when they are willing to work and willing to not work. I think that's really, really important. Yes. 
So one other thing I wanted to ask, I mean, we have more than just one other question, but you have ADHD. How does that impact your self-care? And I guess what other challenges does that give you in your life that make you have to be a little bit more compassionate with yourself? Yeah. So for me, I was diagnosed with ADHD here as an adult. So for me, when I got that diagnosis, it kind of answered a lot of questions for me. Mm-hmm. It kind of made things made sense, made things make sense for me, made me a little bit more compassionate with myself and like understanding why I do things the way I do. Um, but since ADHD is kind of just the way your brain works, mm-hmm. um, it can make things very frustrating for people who don't understand that. And so communicating with people who don't have ADHD, they don't understand why you do things the way you do. Um, and like that goes back to why self-care for me is quiet mm-hmm. because I'm constantly overstimulated. I mean, you probably saw me look down because my watch went off and I got distracted by my text. And so it's just like the way you have to do things mm-hmm. When you have ADHD or ADD or whatever the case may be, like you might have to do things different and people might not understand them, like Mm -hmm. why you do that. And it's not your job to explain to people, you know, like that you have ADHD and that this is the reason, but it's your job to kind of know you and know what you need when, why, um, and how to give yourself that, even when other people can't do it for you, like can't give that to you, you know, even if other people don't understand. I think that's a great way of just phrasing that because yeah, it's not your job to share with others why you're doing something a certain way. And yes, you might have to do things slightly differently because that's how your brain is wired. But that's part of, to me, that feels like part of self-care too. It's another aspect of what's going on within yourself and you're honoring that and helping yourself feel the best within that. So I think that's really awesome. Yes, exactly. So another thing I wanted to chat with you about is Blooming Magnolia, which you mentioned as being your nonprofit that you're on the board of. Um, It's a phenomenal nonprofit that really filled a void during the pandemic. It's all for COVID long haulers, mental health support. It's fantastic. Knowing that mental health is so important when it comes to self-care, if you're not taking care of your mental health, you're probably not practicing the best self-care that you possibly could. And just being able to see the different stories of people that were impacted by long-haul COVID, how has working in that nonprofit maybe shifted the way that you look at self-care? Yeah. So honestly, I feel like before... So just as a little background, Blooming Magnolia was started because my friend Shelby got really sick with COVID in Mm -hmm. April of 2020. We launched in May of 2021 Mm -hmm. and um, it's now January 2023. So over the past year and a half, really, I've kind of learned a lot about self-care, mental health, and obviously COVID and the long-term effects that it's having on a hell of a lot of people, mm-hmm. but the the mental component of that and just chronic health issues in general, because mm-hmm. um, that's kind of just what 
COVID long haulers now are just chronically ill. Um, the mental component of being so sick that part of your life, like your entire life changes. For example, Shelby was a personal trainer and now she can't work out. Like it's insane. So she lost everything that she had worked for. And so not only is she chronically ill, but there's a mental health component to that. So hearing the stories has been really kind of humbling. It does make you grateful. Um, especially, you know, if you're not sick, like I'm so grateful to be healthy. I'm so grateful, you know, that we have this community, but it's really taught me the importance of one community, having people who understand what you're going through and our community. Um, we have a Facebook group living Magnolia network and, um, it's not just for long haulers because we do have that mental health component too, but just having a place where everyone feels safe to kind of share their wins and their losses and prioritize your mental health and your self care. Um, we try to provide resources to like guided meditations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And just having, having an outlet for that and realizing the importance of it. And cause not everyone prioritizes that. And I feel like a lot of people have joined our community and been like, Oh, guided meditation. Like that's a little weird. And then they join it and they're like, Oh my God, that was so needed, mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like you don't know what you don't know. Right. So I think just continuing the conversation of like, why self-care matters, why your mental health matters, um, has been a big, like, thing for me. And Shelby brought me on as the secretary and to kind of lead the mental health portion because they've got the COVID long haul portion mm -hmm. covered, right? They know all about that. I have not had COVID. I don't have any long-term symptoms. So, that part is a little bit harder for me to understand, but I definitely understand the mental health angle because I've, you know, I've, we all, we all, whether we have depression or anxiety or ADHD or any kind of mental health thing going on, we all have to prioritize our mental health, right? We all have our own issues. We all process things in our own way. Um, and so it's been, Again, really humbling and really eye-opening to realize that, like, we all need some help sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's nothing embarrassing or you don't have to feel bad about asking for help sometimes. Um, so that's what we're here to do. We're here to help. It's been a great experience seeing how other people are coming together to just support each other and that there is a safe space for everyone that needs to prioritize their mental health. Yes, um, absolutely. I know we're running short on time, but there are two things I kind of want to rapid fire question at you. So one of them being, you are a stepmom, you're a bonus mom, you're a mom. How does that impact your self-care? Okay. So I feel like as a stepmom, a lot of people, there's not, a, there are a lot of stepmoms out there, but it's not the norm. Right. Like, sure. obviously, yeah. like I've never had my own kids and I kind of came into this kid's life and now I'm expected to, you know, do the mom things. And I think it's it's such an interesting like experience. And I love being a stepmom, but really um, giving yourself grace and realizing like 
You're stepping, I always, I love the term stepmom because I say you're stepping in to, you know, a new position or a stepparent, stepfather is stepping in as something and we're not replacing, we're just stepping in and stepping up to a role. And so, but giving yourself grace with like realizing that you don't know what you're doing half the time. And I'm sure moms can relate. I'm sure new moms of newborns can relate. Like you don't know what the F you're doing. But, you know, you have these people relying on you. And again, it goes back to you can't fulfill your obligations as a mom and to your family if you don't fulfill your obligations to yourself first. So giving yourself grace, um, asking for help when you need it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you you love your role. Like you love being a mom. You love, you know, your family and you do it. But you have to like prioritize you. Awesome. So then the last question I'll ask is where can people find you on the internet? If they are interested in blooming Magnolia, if they are interested in your spray tans, if they're interested in just you as a person, where can they find you? And then we'll make sure all these links go in the show notes. Yes. So I am on Instagram at, at glow with Anna. And I, that's what my podcast is also called glow with Anna. I am in the blooming Magnolia network Facebook group, or you can check us out at bloomingmagnolia.org. And I'm on Facebook as Anna Hollowell and my business is glow gals and it's Instagram is at glow gals ICT for Wichita. And you have a Facebook group that's got a whole bunch of multi-passionate it's mostly women or is it all women? It's all women. It's all women in there. And you do a really good job of cultivating community and getting people to chat with each other and also sharing skincare tips. So if anyone is looking for a little bit more of that, then also make sure you check out that Facebook page. But Anna, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your pockets of peace and your boundaries and mental health and being a stepmom and everything else. It's been really, really great chatting with you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the mindful self-care podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can also send this episode to a friend who you think would benefit from the information. It's a great way to help us grow and help us reach more people. If you want to connect with other like-minded self-care focused individuals, you can follow us on Instagram at the mindful self-care, or you can join the mindful self-care society. It's a great place to connect with others, gain some additional resources, and really help make sure that self-care is a focus in your life. So you can always feel your best. Thank you again for listening. I can't wait to be back in your ears soon.